This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Howdy everyone, I'm Joshua Schultz, Tyler Waldrop, Stell Thart. We're here at Treadwell Coffee and make sure you tune in to Good Morning Aurora. Alright, good morning Aurora, good morning Aurora, good morning Aurora. The time is now 8.06 a.m. and you are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we are joined today by our brother, Sosa. Alright, alright, good to have you, my brother. (laughs) Good to have you, good to see you. So we got a lot to talk about today. We'll be discussing new black youth. Uh, talking about life, liberty, interviewing our brother Sosa and everything like that. But before we do that, you know, we got uh, we have the news for you guys today. So first and foremost, I want to give a shout out and a thanks to a uh, friend of the show. And I want to highlight an awesome business called uh, LISC, which is Local Initiatives Support Corporation. Now, the LISC forges resilient and inclusive communities of opportunity across America, great places to live, work, visit, do business, and raise families. Now, um, catalyzing opportunity for all, that's their vision, a safe home for those who have given so much to America. Uh, This is a uh, very good organization, and we'd like to say thank you and shout out to our friend uh, Vanessa Aguirre of this organization. Very cool. And uh, her email is V-A-G-U-I-R-R-E at L-I-S-C dot org. You can check that out. Um, she's a great person, and they're doing great stuff at Local Initiative Support Corporation. All right, big shout, big shout. CAN, the Community Advocacy Awareness Network, and Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry are coming together to put on a free coats, hats, and gloves giveaway. Now, this is going to be on Saturday the 14th from 8.30 to 11 a.m. at East High School. Enter on Smith Street. Shout out to Mary Foltz and uh, all the folks at the uh, Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry. Always doing good stuff. Uh, The senior meal distribution was yesterday. All right, that's old news, y'all. That's old news. That's old. We're going to move on from that. Well, I'll tell you what is new news is the downtown Cocoa Crawl. Without the crawl, you can get your mugs. Those are on sale, and they also come with hot cocoa recipes. Yeah, so, you know, not even the little Smith, Swiss Miss with the, no, upgrade, <laughs> upgrade from that. All right, uh, let's see here. Interfaith Food Pantry hosting Veterans Pantry tomorrow. Uh, they have seven pieces of plywood that have been primed that they would like patriotic-themed paintings on. There is still time for you to pick up your 4x8 already primed plywood piece provided by the AFP. Becky Dunnigan, the Community Outreach and Program Coordinator, is the contact. Her email is rdunnigan at auroraFoodPantry.org. Shout out to the Food Pantry for all of the good stuff that they do on a continual basis. Arta, A-A-R-T-A. Just discovered this group, told you guys about it, been telling you about it for a week now. This group here was founded in 1958 
Uh, they do community service projects, including labor and cash donations to local food pantries. On December 1st, correct, Tuesday, December 1st, they have the, their second drive through box dinner sale from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Gaslight Manor. Entree options are Greek chicken, roast pork, and fettuccine alfredo. Side dishes include roast potatoes, green beans, and dessert. Proceeds benefit Coats for Kids Drive by Aurora Communities and Schools, CIS, and Artist Scholarship Fund. Public is invited. The cost is $20. Reservations are required. Uh, we will send you that information on Facebook and Instagram again. The deadline for reservations is Friday, November 20th. Now, on to some not so good news. You know, we are in tier two mitigation now. Mm -hmm. Shut down again and everything. Um, you know, folks not wearing their masks, crowded into bars and all that. You're out there partying and everything. We're not going to put no bars on blast, but you know. Um, so now we have new mitigations for Kane, DuPage, and Will counties. Bars, our ba excuse me, all bars close at 11 p.m. and may reopen no earlier than 6 the following day, no indoor service. All bar patrons should be seated at tables outside. No ordering, seating, or congregating at the bar. Bar stools should be removed. Damn. <laughs> they going in. Tables should be six feet apart. No standing or congregating indoors or outdoors while waiting for a table or exiting. No dancing or standing indoors. Reservations required for each party. No seating of multiple parties at one table. And no tables exceeding six people. Sheesh. Restaurants. No tables exceeding six people. No seating of multiple parties at one table, table six feet apart. And meetings, social events, and gatherings, including weddings, funerals, and potlucks, limit to 10 guests in both indoor and outdoor settings. No party buses. Gaming and casinos close at 11, are limited to 25% capacity, and follow mitigations for bars and restaurants. Um, wow, that is crazy. Effective tomorrow, y'all. So please, stay safe. Wash your hands, wear your mask, do all that good stuff. And if you can help not going nowhere for the dollar drink night, you know, stay at home. You know, uh, I don't know. You know, be a little, you know, be a little barefoot Moscato at home. You yeah, you know, you, you know, ladies, just, just chill out one night. Yeah. You know, brothers, do the same thing. Uh, now, the weather. Current temperature is 66 degrees. The high today looks like it'll be 72, and that'll be at noon. Um... Tomorrow's going to be sunny and 46, Thursday sunny and 54, Friday sunny and 43 degrees. Today looks like the last day of warm weather. But it looks like it's going to rain crazy tonight starting at 5 p.m. There's a 70% chance of rain moving to 100% chance of rain at 6 p.m. So buckle up, buttercup, and it's on with the weather. All right. And now that is the news. So now let's get into our interview with our brother, Sosa. Yes. Good to see you, my brother. You too, Good to man. see you, man. You yeah. know, every time I see you, I feel like there is something going on um, in the world, but we're here today, so that's that's all that counts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the last time you and I saw each other, we were taking part in a little sit-down community discussion. It was uh, outside of City Hall, yep. right there. The sun was out shining that day. <laughs> too beautiful. It's hot. Yeah. Um, so, for the listeners, let everybody know who you are, where you're from. So, my name is Sosa. I'm Asamoda. I am a resident of Oswego, Illinois. Um, graduated from Oswego High School, but right now I am a um, graphic designer, a um, Photoshop artist, as well as a, um, you know, head designer for my own clothing brand. So, that's, that's who I am. That's where I am today. I'm blessed to be where I am today, so. 
Nice. Um, growing up, what impact did your mom have in your life? Oh, heavy impact. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I grew up with a lot of adopted siblings, uh, like four boys um, when I was one. My mom took heavy part in raising all of us. And, you know, being a black mother with, honestly, some hard-headed boys, you right. know, it was, it was a challenge. It had its own hassles. Um, but she did it. She did a great job. She, you know, definitely kept food on the table. She kept um, spirits high, kept everybody energized throughout my entire childhood. So I want to give a clap for mom, you know. But, Word up. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, uh, how many siblings? So I had, um, I'm not trying to say all their names. They're, they're my adopted cousins. I had my older sister, um, but then I had the oldest boy um, whose name was Donnell. Um, another one, Dante. Um, then the two younger ones, Dwayne and Quentin, we're all around the same age, like one year apart. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. And you're in grad school? I'm not. So yeah. at the moment, okay. um, I am a student at NIU. Okay. Um, but I did take a step away this semester with everything going on. Um, I just wanted to see how, you know, things will play out with COVID, um, with the workspace, and how, you know, we'd be able to make it manage with COVID. And I feel like I made a good decision to step away because right now I see colleges blowing up with COVID cases, um, kids aren't getting the proper education that they're paying for. Uh, it's a lot of a lot of mess going on, and I feel like I dodged it, so. Nice. How has COVID uh, impacted your life, personally? So, I actually contracted COVID back in early September. I would never, I would never wish COVID on anybody, um, simply because it was something that I've never even experienced. It was a whole different, a whole different sickness. And I'm not even gonna lie, I was one of those people who was like, I don't know anybody with COVID. You know, I feel like this, this is all cat. This is lie, but I got it. And it's very real and it's very dangerous. And you know, it was hard to sleep. That's how, how painful it was to breathe sometimes. So it was like, it, it's, it's a lot, honestly. So. Um. And you went to one of the local test sites and discovered and everything like that? Yeah. What was um, the process like? So the process, so I'll start from the beginning. You know, I walked into work that day. Um, I, I felt like I had an itchy throat, um, nothing more or less than that. But as soon as I walked in, my supervisor instantly seen my face. He was like, yo, uh, you're pale. Uh, and, you know, being a dark-skinned person, I don't know what pale looks like. Right. What you trying to say? He was like, you're pale. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah. Um, Honestly, I'm just going to have you go home, make sure you get tested for COVID as soon as possible. Um, I was like, sure. I went and got tested the next day. I went to a CVS okay. where they do the um, drive-through testing. Mm -hmm. It was quick and easy. Um, I got my results in like two to three days, but by this time, now I'm really sick before I even got my results in. I'm stuck in bed. I have the chills, muscle aches, um, chest pains. Oh, man, it was painful. Um, but then I got my results back and I was told, yeah, you, you, you tested positive for COVID and, um, you know, try your best to stay indoors. You know, we're going to do some tracking to see who you're in contact with. But um, after that, I was just stuck in the crib for two weeks. Damn. Mm -hmm. um, so how long did the entire sickness last? I feel like I was sick for like four days. Jeez. Like the first four days, it was, it was pretty tough. Um, but after that, um, you know, the sickness starts to reside. Uh, the, the lingering symptoms were really just like 
runny nose, um, itchy throat, almost like those regular cold symptoms. Right. But those first three or four days, it felt like I had a flu stacked on top of a fever, stacked on top of asthma. Uh, it was it was just a lot. So damn. Yeah. Um, what's your so what's your word to those who say, oh man, it's a, come on, so it's no worse than the flu, baby. Oh man. What I, what I will say is make sure you keep your mask on um, because it is worse than the flu. Um, and spreading, spreading this disease is way more um, effective. Like it's, it affects a lot of people. Um, right. Just because you're young doesn't mean that you are immune to the symptoms. It doesn't mean that it won't affect you or people that you love. Um, people go home and um, infect their whole family, unfortunately. And just being the youth, it doesn't mean that you, know, you should go out here and party and keep enjoying yourselves because those, those times and those memories can be recreated. Right. But if you mess around and, you know, you pass this on to your mother or your father or your uncle or whoever it may be and they, and they lose their life, that's something that you can't, you know, re recover. Right. So Your I selfishness just, could, could get somebody else hurt. Exactly. And, you know, I, I've been seeing plenty of people partying. I've been seeing people, plenty of people going to bars and, you know, just trying to make those memories, you know, make those snaps. But it's never, it's never really worth it. I feel like we should, as a people, um, unify to fight this cause because this is the only, you know, entity, not entity, the only thing that's attacking people non-biasedly. It doesn't care what you look like. It doesn't care your, you know, social status, your economical status. It's just attacking humans. And if humans can't unite to fight something that only wants to kill humans, I don't know what we can unite against. So. That's just something that I want people to keep in mind when, you know, we go out to see our friends and family just to stay safe at the end of the day. Um, now, you, so you grew up in Oswego? I moved to Oswego uh, when I was in fifth grade. Where'd you go to high school? Mm -hmm. Oswego High School. Okay. Yeah. Oswego High School. Mm -hmm. um, now, let's talk about your brand. Yeah. What's the brand? So, um, my brand is called Death and Designer. Um, you know... <laughs> The name is a bit morbid, you know, people are like, oh, Super. Death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like death. You know? A little um, bit. You know, what's the story behind that? And, you know, when I first came up with the name, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to be about. Because really, when it comes down to creating a brand, it's about making who you are public knowledge, in my personal opinion. Because people don't just buy clothes. Um, they buy an idea, they buy a vision, they buy the person that they can stand behind when it comes down to leading a brand. Um, with the word death, it's strange because people are infatuated with death. And it sounds weird, like nobody likes to die or nobody likes death. But in American culture, that's all we see. Um, not just in our day-to-day, -day, hmm. but I'm talking about our cinema, um, our music. Our top charting music is um, hip-hop music, especially being in Illinois. Now it's the drill movement, you know? Um, to a lot of people, that's action music. Um, when I put death and designer um, together, to me, it's bringing people together in the sense that there's been a lot of unfortunate deaths in, in our state over streetwear and clothes and shoes and stuff that shouldn't even really matter. And as a, as a clothing designer, as a streetwear enthusiast, I'm going to publicly say and openly say clothes doesn't matter unless it's something that is keeping you warm, something that is, you know, pushing you forward as an individual. Streetwear, clothes, none of that matters, simply because it's, it's only to continue to build our capitalist nation, you know, just keep putting 
money in people's pockets, but it's it's more than that. Um, it's more than just you know looking nice. It's it's about representing an idea. Um, and my idea behind the brand isn't necessarily just streetwear for the sakes of streetwear. I wanna I wanna promote. I wanna protest with everything that I do when it comes to my designs. So a lot of my designs will consist of. Um, nature shots and uh, right now I'm working on my birds and the bees collection which is bringing people back to the idea of what's natural and what's not natural because I feel like as humans we're, we're lost in the unnatural but we need to get back to what's really important which is you know taking care of each other and our planet lost in the unnatural mm -hmm. I know what you mean by that without having to have it explained yeah lost in the unnatural and, and you know, to break that down, you know, I feel like as individuals, like me personally, when I'm driving to work, I, I like to just listen to nothing and just think to myself. And I look around and I see what's going on and what's going on is very unnatural. You know, we have people out here who live on the streets who are homeless, but at the same time, you see some of the richest people in our city walking right by them, you know, suits tucked, um, looking very fly, but that doesn't mean that the rich man is better than the poor man in that sense. That just means that there's two different worlds that we're living, both fabricated, both fake worlds, based on the way that we live. You know, we we tend to put the value of an individual next to a number. You know, if they can only if they can produce this much money, their value is, you know, equated right next to that. But I feel like that should not be the case. I feel like that's the most um, self-destructive ideals that we have. Because oh. um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it, mm -hmm. the question's in my mind right now. How do you think America got to the place where we started putting the net worth of people and, and identifying that? What happened? You know, I feel like I feel like it goes back um, very far. Not even just with America's roots, but with um, with the roots of Europe, um, in the sense where when we decided to expand, colonize. Um, as a people, like we we looked at these different nations, we looked at these different continents, and we were like, what can we take from them to bring back to our um, home that will make us flourish? What can we take to uh, make us a better nation? Right. And that whole mindset trickled down till today, um, not even just in America, but around the world. We're we're looking for opportunities to just take and when we take these opportunities we step on step on people who are less fortunate or people who aren't as capable to take advantage of those opportunities like um, for example the colonization of Africa um, in the sense where most of if not all Europe looked at Africa and they divided it into pieces and they looked at the resources they looked at the people they looked at what they can take to make their riches richer and their poor is poor. Uh, I mean, not the poor is poor, but um, it made the nation poor. Um, and a lot of a lot of it was ran by big business. It's not even necessarily the government, like the East India Company. There's a lot of there's a lot of businesses that just capitalized on you know taking advantage of the meek. Right. Yeah. Right. And a lot of those companies have since come grown into yep. different things. Yeah. 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 Still, still here today. We're looking at those companies' descendants, and um, it's it's no coincidence that we see some of the poorest people in our nation um, around the, some of the richest people in our nation. Um, when, whenever you see a lot of poverty, you usually see a pretty decent amount of wealth that's only in one to two percent of the people's pockets in that area, but 50 percent, yeah. Um, 
you know, a person was complaining about the here in Aurora, mm -hmm. complaining, saying, why can't the mayor get rid of these homeless people? Why is there so many? That is a condition. That is a that comes with a large city. Yeah. When you have large cities, that is unfortunately, you know, transience mm -hmm. is unfortunately what comes with that. People don't believe that though. And you know, uh, they, they tend to point fingers at the homeless, um, you know, for their condition. And you know, uh, a lot can be done for the homeless, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it takes it takes a humble a, a humble mind because again, a lot of people see themselves better than the homeless. And I feel like in order to effectively help anyone, you need to, you know, be on their level. So, death and designer. If I if I gather you correctly mm -hmm. and. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. Death and designer uh, represents, in a way, the futility of ch of chasing the buck yes. and everything like that. Death and designer highlights, you know, the individual rather than the cause. Is that correct? Is that a way to say it? In a sense, because I want people to feel like that they can be their absolute self okay. when, when wearing the brand. And okay. I, you know, when I when I was discussing on streetwear earlier, you know, there's, there's kids out here spending $80 on a t-shirt, spending right. 120 on a hoodie, when all of it's made from the same, that's a good hoodie you're wearing, bro, um, just with Thank the print. You. You know, you. so the fact that you're willing to drop all this money on, you know, stuff that is the most unnatural thing, in my personal opinion, I'm just over, over splurging on stuff that doesn't necessarily matter when there's things that you can be investing in, which can be your community. It can be, you can even invest in yourself. You can invest in stocks with that money. You know, there's a lot of things as, as youth that we're not educated on, but we have kids out here well, I mean, with COVID, that kind of changed, but there's kids out here capitalizing on streetwear as if it was stocks and, you know, art or gold that has changing and, and fluctuating values like stock. Sure. And I feel like that's the that's the wrong image. I feel like clothes should really just be something that you can stand, by, stand behind, um, something that represents you as an individual, something that you can speak, speak towards because, again, you're wearing branding on you. Um, the branding that you wear on you is very important. I agree with that. So I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's our it's it's the mentality too. You know, the seven ninety nine hoodie yeah. from Walmart is whack. Mm -hmm. The same hoodie with your little, you know, Air Jordan or whoever it may be on it, a hundred dollars. That's what you need. Yeah. And it's the same, same cotton, thing. same material. Came from the same factory. Yeah. Uh, just, a, I guess, a different hand touched it at the end of the day. But, you know, I was one of those kids. You know, like I said, I grew up with a lot of siblings. And I was wearing, um, like, and one or a oh. Reebok. Oh, Lord, and yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Down to the flow. <laughs> and I used to get picked apart for it at school. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, like, kids are mean. For, for starts, but, you know, it's like stuff like that shouldn't matter when it comes down to um, equating value in an individual, you know, and that, that goes back down to putting a dollar next to somebody when it comes down to, you know, figuring out their value. When I feel like, again, that, that holds people back. That is not natural um, when it comes down to human interaction. I feel like uh, we're the only species who are self-destructive in the sense that well, if I make more money than you, um, then 
I'm better than you or your struggles don't matter to me because they definitely they don't align with my struggles so I feel like when we can find a common ground um, that's when a lot of these social uh, discrepancies can be figured out hmm man that's deep that's deep that's deep I think this is like the second time I've ever been st stumped on my own damn show <laughs> yeah. no that's deep though uh I'm, I'm looking uh, I'm looking at it from the perspective of a consumer mm -hmm. and I'm going back to think about all the all the little fashion I was chasing you know what I'm saying trying to get the new the new joints when they come out and all that and uh, you know there was a line I think uh, when the marijuana dispensary opened there's a huge line for that Air Jordan shoes dropped there's a huge line for that the line for voting and people of color and that it's not very long no. our priorities are messed up mm -hmm. to your point you know what I'm saying yeah um, now where can uh, folks find your uh, your brand and material so um, the website is active just deathanddesigner.com um, that's where you're gonna find more information on me and um, my team and what we plan to do okay. and um, our vision um, I'm also active on Instagram at death and designer um, but back to your point, you know, I feel like as people of color, um, and that, that, that comes back to the topic that I wanted to discuss with, you know, the new youth, I feel like there's a great awakening happening okay. um, amongst um, black people, white people, and, you know, a lot of people alike. Um, and it's, it's starting to shift from, you know, the material things, the streetwear, the clothes, but now it's more on a relationship level. Um, the people, at least people that I'm around, the people that I've been seeing, they've been very actively trying to build these relationships, work on these relationships, especially living in Oswego. There's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of colorism. There's a lot of racial prejudice mm -hmm. that um, a lot of the youth have to fight through, a lot of the white youth. And with that, you know, they're starting to build these relationships with kids of color and people of color. And it's a, it's, to me, it's a beautiful thing, but it also has, we also have to look at, the, look at ourselves in the mirror. Like, you know, there's people out there investing in stocks, but then there's people out there investing in shoes to resell as if it's, you know, something similar or something that is of equal value, which I definitely see the um, financial gain in it, but you know, like we've seen during the um, protests, you know, there's somebody who is willing to fight and die over a pair of sneakers. Um, but someone, you know, that, that same pair of sneakers that you would buy, sell, trade, resell, whatever, like it is a stock, you can buy a physical stock. That's not something that someone's gonna try to rob from you. No one's gonna try to kill you over a stock. You know, it's, it's about self-investing. Question. Yeah. Can black people be racist? Definitely. Definitely, um, and you know when you when we say racist, um, I mean in the terms of you know a prejudice towards a, a, a different individual based on their experiences. And with black racism, it's an interesting thing because you know due to the experiences that we faced, um, we have a lot of our own bias. Um, even even myself, like living where I live. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm racist, but I'm very aware of the climate in, in my city when it comes down to just the individuals. Like if I see, um, well, I'm gonna use this as an example. 
Now, me and my mom, we went to the Sprint store. Uh, I got a new iPhone. The, the clerk there, who was claiming he was also the manager, he was um, a very clear skinhead, a very clear white supremacist. Um, at least that was my opinion. That was my interpretation off of my first look at the man. And I didn't know him. Um, technically, that's, that's prejudice. That's me prejudging the man before I got to know him or even got to speak to him. Which, in that sense, yes, that, that is a form of racism. Um, do I hate the man? Um, not necessarily, uh, but he was very, my, my hunch was correct in the sense where he was very disrespectful to my mother, um, to myself. Um, he was, I, I had on these Crocs, right? And I'm an artist, so I drew on them, I designed them, whatever, yada, yada. And he was like, oh, I see your shoes. Um, that's funny, you must have got them signed by Jordan, ha ha. And you know, making these little slick remarks. Or, um, hey, you know, Sprint and T-Mobile partnered up and you know, you can get coupons. I know you like a coupon for Popeyes, right? Like these are the, these are the subtle remarks that he's making. Oh, they would have oh, called the police. Man. Right, 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 right. And, and this is my mother we're talking about. Right. And you know, I'm, I'm very defensive in, in that case, but like I felt defenseless, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't necessarily know what to say besides, you know, little slick stuff back, but, you know, did I even answer your question? I feel like I went on a whole You did. You know? No, you did. Uh, Keep going, though. Oh, hey, uh, tangents are for, <laughs> go, bruh, tangents, do it. No, you did. You did answer my question. Yeah, no, but he was insanely disrespectful, and um, that's, that's the community I live in. So th those are the people that I have to be aware of when I'm walking around. So I do walk around with that mindset of prejudging in the sense where I'm trying to keep myself safe. I'm trying to keep the people around me safe because I didn't know, I, I wouldn't know his intentions outside of his workplace because that's how he was behaving at work. So I can only imagine if he caught me outside of work. And you know, like Oswego, I was called the N-word in the street um, when I was 16, you know? And stuff like that affects a kid, you know, cognitively. Like, you know, I feel like there's been a, a silent war um, just going on socially in America when it comes to race. And I feel like Trump's election just put a spotlight on that silent war. And it just made it public news and it allowed people to pick a side. And as Americans, you know, we don't want to be on opposing sides because that's the most counterproductive thing we can do. But it's about this great awakening that's going on. You know, it's about discovering yourself, discovering everybody else, and trying to build for the new future. That's a really interesting point, and I'm gonna come. I'm a, so I'm gonna come back to that. Um, the new black youth. Yeah. Explain that. So, I wouldn't. I'm 23 years old, so I wouldn't even consider myself the youth. But I'm looking at the kids that are, you know, this, this Generation Z and the men, the mentality that they have. And what's that What's that age range now? Is that, is that like, kids who are, are they 18 yet? What's that generation? I think it's all the kids born in year 2000 and up. Okay. Um, well, like a high schoolers and middle schoolers. I don't okay. think that, you know, in, includes the, like, the, the little kids. But um, I've been seeing their mentality change drastically um, especially since this was a lot of their first time being able to vote um, but they have a fresh mindset in the sense where the the things that were socially normal in their um, in their cities or in their environments that was self-destructive they don't want to partake in that anymore um, when it comes down to like when I was growing up gang culture was so cool that it was almost tried it was almost forced on me. and that was something that you know I'm not gonna pretend just because 
you know, somebody said it's cool. I'm not going to pretend to be like I'm from the city. I'm not going to say, you know, or throw up gang signs or none of that. Because to me personally, I feel like that's counterproductive as an individual. Right. Um, because I know, I know due to poverty, um, a lot of people have had to pick a side when it comes down to, um, you know, just their, just their cities and their societies and their um, communities. Because again, um, they, they don't have nobody's back. Well, the, the city doesn't have their back, so they have to unify in that sense. Right. Um, so I'm not going to pretend, I'm not going to take that away from them and impose it because I think it's cool. I think that's corny. So what's corny is copying that culture just because it's cool culture. The time is now, oh, excuse me. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It's 8.37 a.m. and we are joined by our friend, Mr. Sosa. Yes, sir. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Um... What's the state of black youth in general in America? So I feel like the black youth have been, um, have been suffering for quite a long time, um, generation to generation. It's been being um, passed on in the sense where we, we, we hold ourselves back in a, lot of, in a lot of situations, in a lot of cases, you know. Um, we never educated ourselves on the laws. I, on law like we should, knowing that we live in America. America is a, is a country that's, you know, ruled by law. And a lot of people don't want to say that, but it's ruled by law. Um, law is king, but we, we lack education on law. So what, what happens is there's, you know, police officers that, you know, quite abruptly take advantage of these situations. You know, they'll pick up a kid um, that they see hanging outside probably too late instead of, um, you know, reading them their rights or booking them or whatever, they might toss them in the car, beat them up a bit, and just drop them off on another block. They don't know that that's not illegal. They don't know that the the, um, mute or someone who um, is a victim to said type of brutality, you know, when Mm -hmm. it comes down to educating themselves on the law. And that's just an example. Um, And also, we were were a slave to the dollar in the sense where, um, again, streetwear, how you you know portrayed yourself was king, and I still think um, first impressions are king, and how you portray yourself is very important. And the way you dress reflects you as an individual. You know the way you dress is self-expression; it's a form of art. But I feel like we we're getting lost in the sense that we'd spend six hundred dollars on on a chain um, instead of using that six hundred dollars to invest in something that can make us passive income. But that's starting to change. You know. Um, we're watching this whole shift happen. And I, I give COVID-19 most of the credit because again, it, it, COVID-19 sat people in their homes. It took away everything that we put value in, you know, going out to bars, clubs, or going to these stores, street work images, or whatever it may be. It set all of that stuff on the sideline and made us sit there and think. And, you know, we, and, there's people who are thinking so hard that they started to go out there and fight over toilet paper. But, you know, it's about, it's about self-reflection and it's about um, discovering 
what's important to that individual because the stuff that we put value in is not necessarily what we should be and I don't know I feel like that's where the great awakening is taking place you know we're, we're realizing that not everything that we value so heavily is stuff that's worth being valued you know do you think this awakening would have happened without COVID? Mm. I feel like in a sense, yes, because there, there's, to me, two parts to this awakening. Um, and our, our presidency was a part of it. Um, that also shook a lot of boots. And uh, without COVID and this presidency, I don't know if it'll be just as effective. Okay, I got you. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of people had to had to come to the conclusion that, man, I can't afford to keep buying this stuff. Or I don't even know if I'm going to go back to work. Like when COVID broke off, um, I was out of work. And I, a lot of people were. And it just made you reevaluate the, the things that you put value in. Like, I stopped buying clothes. Like me personally, I, I used to be a Jordan head. I used to be a sneaker head. I still have a lot of shoes, but I work retail. Mm -hmm. So I, a lot of that stuff just came. Um, That's part of it. Is part of it. So, like, I stopped going out there trying to spend three hundred dollars on a pair of Jordans because that, the idea of that to me is almost laughable at this point. Because you can't do nothing with it. You, they'll try to arrest you for going out there playing basketball. So, what you buying buying basketball shoes for? Right. You know, you're supposed to be quarantining. So, it's just it's a lot of different things. So, yeah. Um. What is it that white people? don't understand about black people? Um, I feel like the biggest misconception, <clears throat> the biggest misconception is when it comes down to the um, poverty line um, in the black community. So when it comes down to crime, let's, let's use Chicago, for example. When it comes down to crime, it's not necessarily a race thing. And that's the biggest misconception. Um, I always hear, like, even even myself, I'm, the, the most backhanded compliment is saying, oh, um, Sosa's a good one. You know, I was introduced to my friend's parents as, oh, you can let Sosa in, he's a good one. And I never really took offense to it until I was able to think about it, um, for real, and really contemplate the idea of what is a good one. When it comes down to crime in the inner city, it's not necessarily linked to race. It's not because people assume that black people are criminals, therefore they will go out there and commit crime. No, crime is directly linked to poverty. And we have um, heavy dosages of poverty all throughout Illinois, um, Chicago in particular. And when it comes to poverty, there's no coincidence that it's linked to a lot of these black communities. It's not that black people aren't out here working hard. It's not that black people are lazy or any of these negative stereotypes that are pushed or portrayed. It's that there's a lot of impoverished African Americans due to a lot of the situations that we're still developing from. Not even developing from the things that we're still moving forward from. Right. Um, a lot of people tend to forget that America is one of the nations that went out of its way to create laws and codes to in hindrance. Um, you know, our not even just our ancestors, but my great aunt, you know, grandma, anything like that. You know, they they were you know, purposely targeted by when it came to um, legislation. And that's why I call it a silent war because, you know, we're not necessarily being lynched as physical as it would be like in the 40s, 30s, 20s. 
but they were trying to lynch uh, socially um, when it came down to marketing and the marketing of black youth, um, especially in like the 80s and 90s with that whole apex predator mentality that scared all of America um, and created a very bad narrative. But as you can see, there's following that stereotype or following those ideas isn't necessarily key because there's people like you and I. Um, there's people who who still strive and fight up against the current. Um, and there's people like you and me who don't use um, our history as an excuse because it's not necessarily, as real as it is, I don't want to use it as an excuse. I, you know, excuses hold you back um, from, your, from your truest potential. Um, but I feel like, again, that misconception is that you know, all black people are criminals. And I hate, I hate hearing that. Um, but I hear that a lot living in Oswego. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that the youth of America now, um, specifically the black youth of America now, I think that their their challenges and their hurdles are the same as they've been for African Americans for generations. Yeah. But I really believe that now black youth, um, I don't want to say have, I don't want to say have nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. But in terms of overcoming a lot of the obstacles and barriers, I really think that at the moment, young black kids are, if they're not in control of the horse, mm -hmm. they're leading the horse race. Because so many of those things that our parents had to go through are just not there anymore. They're, 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 not, they're not there no more. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be forklift jobs. Right. But there's black folks now who are the production managers of the facilities now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? You, you you feel me? I do. I follow you. I have a little bit of hope, I should say. I have plenty of hope. And, right. And you know, I've been seeing a lot of black young business owners as well. Right. And, right. And you know, it's that the like I said, the whole narrative is shifting. Um, our our parents and grandparents fought quite a bit for us to be where we are today, and I feel like you know those opportunities were being slept on. But now, again, with this great awakening, people, excuse me, people are um, aware of the opportunities that they have, especially with social media. Um, that's, that's a huge marketing platform that we all know how to use very well. We all know how to um, build our reputation with it. And now mm -hmm. people are starting to build a business reputation with it. And you know, we have all of these um, tools at our disposal. Uh, it just comes down to using them at this point. Right. Um, I really like uh, this conversation. This is a good conversation, man. We 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 getting into it today. <laughs> we getting into it. Um, who is the uh, who's the most prominent black leader that we have? Like as a country, like yeah, yeah, on a national level. Honestly, it's hard to say um, simply because. I'm starting to realize and know that the black agenda isn't the same for everybody. Um, there's not one, you know, one black ideal uh, that we can all stand behind because, of course, there's going to be 
um, black Republicans. You know, there's black billionaires now. You know, um, we're starting to build build wealth. So for me personally, it's hard to say who a good black leader is. Um, I feel like the standard answer for me would have been Obama, but I don't see him out there fighting for black equality and black liberation. Um, and that's my personal opinion. You know, sure. um, I feel like when he was in office, um, more could have been done. Um, but I also know that he was faced with obstacles when he came down to doing specific things in the office. So uh, it's hard to say. But at least in Aurora, I've been seeing a vast amount of community leaders, a vast amount of black leaders and Latino leaders and Latino leaders um, building on Aurora's culture. And there's so many, I don't even want to list the names. Like it's, it's, it's abundant and it's a beautiful thing seeing all of us unifying at this point to build a future for our youth. Because this is kind of irrelevant, but um, I have a eight year old and a six year old niece. And um, I asked them, you know, like just, just out of curiosity, because I know when I was that age, um, I was really oblivious to what was going on in the world. And I asked them, you know, what do they think um, about the police? Or what do they think about Trump? Or what do they think about COVID-19 and doing Zoom classes? And they're very bright, very intelligent, beautiful girls. And, you know, they're giving me their spiel. But when it came down to discussions of police, um, they were ter they're terrified of the police. And in my mind, I'm like, you never necessarily had um, an interaction with the police, you know, what are you, what are you afraid of? And, you know, they, they couldn't necessarily say, but there's a, I know mommy's afraid of the police. And the fact that they're afraid um, of, you know, things like that when they're, when they're eight and six years old makes me want to, you know, be a, a speaker. It makes me want to share my voice because I want to be a leader for them. Um, I, I don't want them to have to fear anything. You know, I want to be a protector. I want to be a man. Um, and protect the people that I love. But being a man, um, a black man in America, you, you only have so much power um, when it comes down to, you know, just just the dynamics of America. Like, I mean, we, we seen it in the Breonna Taylor case where her boyfriend was trying to protect her and they were still both victimized. And that's, that's a terrifying thought. That still scares me to this day because you know, he was just trying to protect the person that he loved and she still got shot dead in the street and he was still almost a victim himself when it came down to the, you know, criminal system. So it's, all that is just stuff that I like to take account when I think about, you know, leaders because there's, there's leaders who, who, again, don't necessarily agree with other leaders and I feel like that strife or the, those disagreements is what leads to um, more misunderstanding. So I feel like labeling a black leader, um, at least at this point, it's, uh, it's too premature. I feel like um, everybody needs to take up that mantle. Everybody needs to lead. Um, I feel like it shouldn't be one black leader. I feel like you should lead for what you believe in, fight for what you believe in, and you know, build your own legacy, build your own history. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, I uh, no, I can, I can feel that. Yeah, don't wait for the, the savior. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Save yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's on the horizon for Sosa? What's coming up? So, 
it's ironic because um yes i have a clothing brand um and i, I do have a drop coming out um fairly soon clothing drop clothing drop yes um and i'm marketing it uh i've been getting you know it's gonna be dope you know if, if you like clothes <laughs> if, if, if you want to be warm and comfortable this winter there, there's gonna be hoodies um t-shirts uh things that you can get behind um but when it when it comes down to my branding, I try not to beat people over the head with the ideas of global warming or the ideas of um, inequality um, within the country. Like, it's it's subtle with my designs. I don't want people to feel like they have to um, pick a side if they want to wear it. But all of those same ideals that I believe in are in the garment. You know, I make them with with those ideas. But I don't even want to focus on my clothes. I, I want to focus on keep building upon this discussion but in my real life i want to keep bettering my community i want to keep bettering the um social um dynamics of people i want people to be able to look and have a discussion like you and i whether you are republican democrat honestly i feel like political parties is just another way to divide people um but i feel like people who are divided needs needs to unify and discuss because only things that can ever be things that will only be resolved needs to be through discussion um and in that sense you know uh there's a, there's a lot to talk about i just want to keep keep walking in the direction that's going to better myself and the people around me so those steps that i made will you know spread so the steps that everyone make around me betters themselves and the people around them because if we keep doing that we're just gonna have a better society a better community so it's about building those relationships um, finding what's normal to you as an individual um, walking by that living by that and spreading that word so the first time I ever chopped it up and talked to you um, I think we just talked briefly. You were at like pre mill and we just chopped it up about clothes. Oh, what up? And so, so that was yeah. it. The second time I met you, though, was when we were sitting outside of City Hall, and that was completely different. Yeah. We were there talking about social justice issues, mm -hmm. community issues, and real stuff. There was no hip hop, there was no clothing, nope. there was no fresh drop with the gear, none of that. And I remember sitting next to you, I was like, yo, this is a dude I was talking with the, uh, about the, the hip-hop shit. Like, yo, he's he's here? Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. I like when young black people are, I mean, be have your passions. Mm -hmm. But, like, able to come to the table and sit down and chop real issues that affect people's lives and try to uh, do your part to help the social dynamic i like that i was like that's when it was that moment i was like yo i'm gonna get this dude on for an interview someday and you know and it, it's interesting because i've always I've, I've always felt like i cared to speak on these things but I, i've never had the heart to i was always too nervous or um especially in my community whenever i discuss some of my ideals they'll, they'll instantly be shot down by someone who disagrees um and I'm not standing for that anymore. Right. Um, what I'm standing for is, uh, I'm trying to stand for you. I'm trying to stand for me. I'm trying to stand for my nieces. I'm trying to stand for everybody. And if we all stand for each other, there's nobody who's gonna be a victim of um, 
anything because we, we we have each other. So I feel like that's that's what's really important is um, again building a community. You just and you don't even have to be neighbors. It doesn't have to just be in a royal. We can build a global community just through social media. You know, just mm -hmm. just sharing ideas and ideals on how humanity, um, how humanity, not even needs to be led, but what is humanity? I feel like what's important is asking the question why, just just why. When it comes down to anything that doesn't make sense, I encourage people to ask why. Um, because the definition that you are then given will make a lot of light on one, the person that you asked and what they define so-and-so as, um, because that, that sheds light on their character. And, you know, it only, asking questions only build you up. You know, there's so many people who are so absorbed in their own reality that they don't see others' realities. And, um, Life is interesting simply because, you know, it's all about perspective. You know, the life that I live may be completely different from yours, therefore, you don't even have it. It's almost like a different universe in that sense. Right. Um, so just sharing ourselves with, you, with each other, sharing ourselves with people, um, it only creates opportunity um, just to get to know each other, to get to build and learn and create a society, especially, especially in the black community because there was a period of time where like there's black people intimidated by other black people. There's, you know, and that, that narrative is shifting, you know, thank God, but it, that's something that should, have, that should have never gotten to this point because we've seen it in the 60s and 70s. We were the most united that we've ever been. Um, and as time went on, you know, we almost became a nomadic group where we're d divided by communities, by blocks, by cities. We have black people in the suburbs, we have black people um, in you know cities, then we have people in poverty, people with wealth. Uh, it's it's a whole spectrum of different realities that we live. Um, but when it comes down to it, it doesn't even matter what your color, what the color of your skin is. It just matters if we can live in harmony together. Right. So it's it's just about breaking down those walls and um, building up a new foundation for a new, like I said, for the new black youth, for a new future because. We're building this for them. You know, you're building what you're doing, the, the great stuff that you're doing with this podcast, you're building it for your son. And, you know, that's that's the ideal that's the ideal way of life. We we just have to build wealth for the people coming after us because, you know, it, we have the opportunity now. Right. So that's right. We do. We do. Uh and uh, you know, me as an individual, anything positive that black folks is doing will always get a shout out on Good Morning. Anything positive. If you're doing anything positive mm -hmm. to move the ball forward for the people, always got a spot on Good Morning Aurora. Yeah. Um, so the show ends on a positive note. Mm -hmm. um, what is your message to the people of Aurora? Well, the, the you know, the youth, Oswego too, shout outs, you know, um, on this Tuesday. Um, what I will say to, to everybody who's listening is keep an open mind when it comes down to individuals, you know, if it's somebody that you wouldn't usually say hi to, say hi, and you may get a surprising response back, um, just because it's about building relationships. That's, to me, that's what's natural, is human communication. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest on social media, so I'm not a fan of liking something or leaving a comment, because to me, it doesn't feel natural. 
what feels natural is going out there, um, being a part of your community, being a part of um, reality. And it's, it's a bit hard with COVID, but just, just step out of your comfort zone and meet somebody new. That's, that's my message. That's wonderful. All right, man. We appreciate having you on yeah, the show. Man, no, I appreciate the opportunity. No, this was amazing. Dope, man. Very dope. Yes, sir. Um, so, on behalf of Good Morning Aurora, we'd like to say thank you to our brother Sosa for coming out. Thank Check you. out Death and Designer. New drop is coming. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Okay. Death by Design. Death and Designer dot com. DeathandDesigner.com yes. is the website, so please uh, go check out everything that he has going on. Uh, shout out to Tracy Duran, shout out to Vanessa Aguirre as well. Thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. Don't forget to check out the YouTube, subscribe to that. Please subscribe to the YouTube page. Um, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Other than that, the second largest city's first daily news podcast will be back tomorrow. We appreciate you again, my brother. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Yep. And everybody out there, peace.